one. The following is a Cast Wave Studios production. Captain Sean Holmes. And I'm your yeoman's assistant third class, Jordan Hazelwood. Our episode today is episode nine, Miri. So, it's Miri. <laughs> I, I can confirm, Captain. It's Miri. Stay tuned, everybody. This is the Prime Directive. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Prime Directive. I'm Sean Holmes, and uh, joined me, a very special guest uh, from our, our very own Castway Studios, uh, Jordan. Hello. That's it. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're going to be uh, uh, helping me through these uh, two episodes while Brian's not here. So mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I look forward to uh, uh, this and uh, Dagger of the Mind that we'll be uh, tackling later. Um, so we'll be getting on to episode nine, uh, Miri. Uh, so that's in the, uh, the original series, obviously. So uh, we'll get to that in the second half of the show. First half of the show, I guess we'll like to talk about um, just Jordan. What your what are your what's your favorite Star Trek movies and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, I mean, um, I've um, I'm, I'm pretty late uh, coming to the, the whole Trek bandwagon. I feel like. Um, I've always been, I've always, you know, throughout the '90s, I've been aware of all the of, of all the the various shows that were out at the time, but uh, I didn't have, uh, I didn't catch many of them. I did like the movies though, um, and uh, so, like, well, I, I guess in answer to your question, um, I know this is uh, this is probably not going to surprise anybody, but I really like Wrath of Khan. I think it's it's about as as uh, close to perfection as. Uh, as like a, as a you know a, a, as as both a science fiction movie and a continuation of a of a story from a television uh, series could be. It's it's really amazing to me that um, you know s- uh, after the, the the failure of the first movie, uh, that they that they weren't even certain they wanted to follow it up, but they did follow it up with um, you know with a drastically reduced budget. They only had like one uh, one captain's uniform, so when the, when they had two captains' characters, one one guy had to wear a parka to cover up to cover it up until until that one died, and then and then Kirk in, in indignation ripped off his parka and showed off his his crisp uh, you know captain's uniform, <laughs> all that and that it was um and, and of course it was it was following along from a from an episode from about almost twenty years prior that a few people that. that the few people, except for you know the nerds, would really remember back then. But uh, I just I'd, I'd say 
it's it, it, it's it's a movie of such grand scope, you know, of uh, just fantastic writing, a great, uh, excellent pacing, um, uh, Shakespearean themes. Like, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, it's it's one of the it's one of those movies I'd I'd, re- I'd I'd just recommend to strangers on the street, whether or not they know anything about Star Trek or um, or science fiction or whatever. It's just it's just a fantastic movie. It is Shakespearean. I mean, especially like he tasks me, mm-hmm. you know that that all. That whole bit. Yeah, I'd say it's more Shakespearean than uh, than uh, the Undiscovered Country, which uh, which features a villain who just does nothing but quote Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, definitely uh, got the hand in the hat there. Um, so, is there any particular series you like um, in uh, the well, Star Trek verse, or what, any any ones you lean towards? I'm afraid the only one that I've I've really seen from beginning to end is the original series. Um, I had a good friend who really surprised me and I guess I guess she felt like I had a real uh, you know hole in my heart from not be, not being too aware of Star Trek so uh, eight years ago she got me like the entire series on blu-ray for Christmas That's, um, Wow and I'm like it's a gift. yeah I it, it took me a while to get to get through all of it but I have and uh, um, I've really been wanting to you know to, to come on your show and uh, talk about a few a few of those episodes so uh, thank you again for the opportunity. And um, yeah, so I mean, I feel like I'd probably enjoy, um, I probably enjoy some Next Generation, and I also probably really enjoy some Deep Space Nine because, you know, as, as I'm sure all the Star Trek fans in the audience are, are, are going to love hearing me say this, um, I'm a huge fan of Babylon Five, so. <laughs> so Deep Space Nine yeah, is basically. I, I, I hear uh, eyes rolling everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're listening to this podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> oh God, don't talk about Babylon Five. Uh, but that, that's not that's not our audience at all. Um, that's probably the equivalent to a nerd nerd uh, blackface. But anyway, um, look, there's Star Trek and Babylon Five have a lot more in common than Star Trek and Star Wars. Very very true. No- and we and we talk and for a Star Trek uh, podcast, we talk uh, we end up talking about Star Wars a lot. Mm-hmm. I noticed, but um, I'm pretty sure I can go the rest of this episode without mentioning Star Wars. Well, let's 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 uh, let's do that. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Would you like me to mention what my least favorite Star Trek movie is? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I, uh, um, I I listened to the episode you did before in which you talked about this, and so of course you, you and Brian hashed out uh, five and uh, nine Insurrection, all fantastic choices. But for me, I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's the first Star Trek movie I ever saw in theaters, which was uh, Generations. Really? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not entirely certain why I wanted to see this movie in theaters because I, I knew basically nothing about Star Trek, and this, and but I, but, but this movie was supposed to be the great joining of the, you know, of the two series. Breakfast. Breakfast. You know, yeah, you know, like like Highlander Endgame style, and. Um, Man, e- even even with my my lack of perspective, I, I was grossly disappointed with this film. <laughs> well, it was really funny. Is and and I uh, you know watched Nishkalder critics uh, review of the uh, the generation you know generations with him and Lakara, and in the one part where it's just like, all right, the two greatest captains in Starfleet history are getting together in the same room. Oh my gosh, what are they going to talk about? I'm like, are you going to fight? What, what's going to go on? And, it, and it's just, um, they're making it's, it's eggs. breakfast. Just just breakfast. Eggs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how, how, how deeply you want me to get, to get into the, the plot of this, um, uh, this movie, but 
I, I, I feel like the, 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 the biggest question I had about it even back then was that if the Nexus was supposed to be this extra-dimensional, basically heavenly uh, realm that, uh, that Malcolm McDowell was willing to you know, commit genocide in order to get back to, because it's just so wonderful that you can live here forever and whatnot, and, and, all, and, all, of your, uh, um, and all of your needs are taken care of. So Kirk is trapped in here, and he's on a ranch... Uh, you know, constantly delivering food to his wife, to his unseen wife upstairs. Whereas, yeah. whereas Picard is constantly surrounded by children. So even back then, I, I kind of suspected, like, are, 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 are we certain that this isn't supposed to be hell? Right. It's the is, same is, thing is, over is, and is, over. Is this what Kirk and Picard would be happy with? I don't think so. <laughs> Well, well, William Shatner, because def- like, he rode in the scene with the horses, mm-hmm. and um, I was listening to uh, the Nurse podcast earlier, and the, the, uh, with uh, they were interviewing Pat- Sir Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart was, uh, you know, you know, William Shatner came came over, and you know, he, you know, it was, I got this idea for a scene, um, yeah, uh, but but uh, you know, you know, he's Shatner is very uh, a horseman. Per se, so so he really he really enjoys horses and in his off time, mm-hmm. so you know, it makes sense why he wrote that scene in. Um, but he had a tip to Shat, uh, to uh, to to uh, Sir Patrick Stewart to, said, um, "Okay, you, you know you want to wear pantyhose." I beg your pardon. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, you want you want to wear pantyhose so you, you avoid the blisters. So next time you're watching uh, Generations and when they're hopping on up and down on the horses. Both captains are wearing pantyhose. Interesting fact. So, um, <laughs> it made me laugh. I thought I thought it was funny. I wonder if this led to uh, to Patrick Stewart's retaliation in Nemesis that he insisted that um, Picard tool around in a dune buggy for like a third of that movie. Probably. I wonder if he was wearing pantyhose at the time. I mean, I, I, the this this the seats are different, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, and also another another f- fun fact from Generations. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, they uh, were sharing costumes from. Uh, they were making costumes for Deep Space Nine. Yes, and, I remember, uh, and I then that. <laughs> and then apparently, uh, like ever, like they made costume like for two people in that film, uh, and then everyone else is like, all right, just pick from the litter. You would think with a Hollywood movie like that, they'd be like, "Oh, we can just make an entirely different wardrobe." Mm-hmm. No, they nope. And, and those they, two, those two people, by the way, I presume those were Picard and Data, the only two characters that the Next Generation movies ever cared about. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Thought so. And then, uh, so, so yeah, Brent Spiner was fine with with his costume. Uh, 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 LaForge, uh, yeah, he his. His, it's very baggy. If you ever like, you ever watch and look back, like look at his costume. It's, it's it, if it's really baggy, it, that's because he's wearing some with someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought I thought that was a, that was an interesting tidbit about generations. So well, I, I I just hope that he didn't also have to wear a used oil filter on his face. Um, who 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 wore a used oil filter on their face? Jordy LaForge. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That that actually is what that thing is, right? Or is, I had or is, no is, idea. Or is it just patterned after an oil filter? It looks a lot like an oil filter. I've changed those on my, <laughs> on my old car back in the, back in the, in the uh, it late might 90s. be. It might be. Anyway, um, 
Okay, so uh, uh, another topic I remember that, that you had in a previous episode was uh, your was, uh, favorite phasers. And fortunately, my favorite phaser also comes from Star Trek Generations. That would have to be uh, Malcolm McDowell's Auto Gangsta Phaser. <laughs> Auto Gangsta. I, it turns it to the side for you. I cracked up when I saw that in the theaters. And I'm pretty sure I was, the, I was the only guy. I was the only guy in the room who did, and I have no idea why. Because I mean, look, I, I was like 14 or 15 when I saw this movie, and even even then, uh, I was clearly a, uh, a blossoming media critic at the time because I just, I, I my my mind. Uh, Casted itself uh, to like the 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 board meeting or the the focus group, <laughs> where somebody asks, it's like you know should you know it, it, it you know, the villain should be you know shouldn't he hold the thing sideways to prove Cause, cause that, that's, prove that that's he's cool the villain? Now. That's cool now. Like, no, no, I got a better idea. In the future, the guns do that for you because <laughs> it's futuristic. You see, <laughs> I just. <laughs> But like our focus groups have 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 dictated that turning the gun to the side has improved ticket sales between the thirteen and uh, seventeen year old uh, mm-hmm. age range. Mm-hmm. Yes, the the, the 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 kids will all say that's a kill shot because they 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 literally know nothing about how firearms work. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and they know that that there's no way to uh, to uh, hold a, a that a proper hand uh, sidearm um, for for the well, fear of of recoil or swinging around mm-hmm. and hitting you in the heart. <laughs> and and also that that you cannot see down the the uh, the sight on the top of the of the gun when you hold it that way. Correct. I, one of one of the first ever uh, cracked articles on crack.com I ever read was one that that posited that that um, inner city street gangs their propensity to hold their guns sideways has saved a lot of uh, police officers' lives. Very true. <laughs> very 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 true. Oh man. Uh, what else is there to say about generations? Um, okay, well, I, I didn't, I didn't quite grok this at the time, but um, it, it was made clear to me that, um, you know, Data had spent seven years uh, learning what it is to be human, just to jump over into the movie where he conveniently forgets all that and uh, hawks uh, Doctor Crusher uh, um, um, over the edge, uh, 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 overboard on a boat, so that he gets punished by getting an emotion chip plugged into his in, into his skull. I mean, I which thought, th- which they just have. I you know, that like was funny. Why, why was it such a journey for him to find emotions when you can just buy an emotion chip at the future Radio Shack? I thought everyone else was reacting very just like harshly just for him knocking her over to the side. I'm like, whatever, it's a holodeck. Like, who cares? She gets a little. Well, if they, if they don't reprimand him, then he might like eject her into space the next day. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, yeah, because I because the way they react, I remember watching that and then remember like Data, don't do that. Like I don't know, like he stripped naked and run around or something. You know, like they reacted that way. But so he gets the emotion ship and immediately turns into an insufferable jackass. Um, <laughs> Uh, which uh, I, I later dis- I, I later uh, saw the uh, the second season episode in which uh, he in which uh, he enters the holodeck and learns comedy at the at, um, uh, at the feet of the of the grandmaster Joe Piscopo, which um, yeah he you could you could really see Joe Piscopo's influence in, in in Star Trek Generations. Very 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 much. Oh man. Well, uh, I think. Um, oh, and also the Enterprise blows up in that in that movie. For, that was like the third time. That happened, or what? I think I think it was. Uh, There's more letters in the alphabet. Yeah, as as he said. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I yeah, I, I think it was like E or F, F or something. I don't recall. 
because the D was destroyed in in previous uh, previous incan- incantations of that particular uh, sect. So anyway, um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back with uh, episode nine, Miri. Today's episode of Prime Directive is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com has thousands upon thousands of audiobooks. Enjoy one free audiobook by clicking the link in the episode description. If you like 80s nostalgia, I highly recommend Ready Player One, as read by Will Wheaton. Again, get a free audiobook by clicking the link in the episode description. This is Sean Holmes for Audible.com. Well, welcome back. Um... Uh, I hope you enjoyed your your break, and I hope you're uh, going to audiblegood.com right now. Anyway, um, episode nine of the original series, Miri. Um, so I'll basically we'll just go. I'll just go over this plot as a as a just layman terms. They get to a planet. Oh, the atmosphere is very similar to Earth. Wait, it's a second Earth. Let's go down there, kids. You know, herpes, <laughs> screaming, nana nana boo boo, uh, we're all cured. And I think that's pretty much how I could sum sum that up. And like, kind of, you know, very 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 general. Obviously, well, if I can there's add, if I can, more. There's more to go over. Yeah, there's a little bit of color I like to add to your play by play commentary. There, I mean, first of all, they, you know, they're they're all surprised to discover an Earth like distress signal from a planet that. Uh, Gasp has a nitrogen and oxygen atmosphere and is M class and everything. And e- even before they get close enough, I'm, I'm uh, you know, this is how how is this any different from any other planet they always happen to stumble upon right. in any other episode? But then they discover, oh, it's a it's an exact copy of Earth. And I especially love uh, the incredibly sinister music sting that appears when the planet swing, swings over and and Florida becomes visible. <laughs> It's like, oh dun, God! Dun. They, have a, they have a Florida. Our, our 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 worst our worst fears have been confirmed. Our worst fears have been realized. It's Florida. Okay. <laughs> but um, you know, it's funny is that I saw this episode a good uh, several years ago, and I swear they engaged in a lengthy conversation to justify to themselves why an exact Earth exists. But again, maybe maybe I, my memory was just blurring together from other episodes. I mean, I always feel like an important metric. Uh, to judge the original series uh, Star Trek episodes by is uh, what is the ratio of dialogue that is used to uh, uh, to explain why the props and sets and costumes look so fake. Um, but uh, but apparent but so apparently they I'm sure some but I'm I'm sure behind the scenes uh, some poor uh, you know intern accidentally sat on the on the prop planet that they were going to use. And so they had to substitute it with a with a globe from somebody's uh, from somebody's classroom. Yeah, <laughs> but it really it it really doesn't factor into the plot at all, except to say that the inhabitants of this Earth are kind of human like, which again they almost always are, regardless. So why bother even pointing it out? <laughs> well, well, that said, we're I guess I guess we're moving on to the categories. So the first one is uh, is engineering. So that is really getting annoying. So, um, 
I, I, I had the whole computer thing. It just went on for, for forever. Yeah, and, I, and, uh, I do. I do. Just recall, to pull yeah. the curtain back on that, mm-hmm. and then uh, I just just narrowed it down to that. You know, that is really getting annoying. So, so there you go. I, 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 would, I would use the, the the bit of Sigourney Weaver saying that you know she has one job, but it's uh, whatever. It's your show, man. Well, well, yeah. It, well, uh, I found a clip from the episode we watched, and it's probably um, wrap, you know, wraps up. Uh, you know, what, what I thought about the town that they came in. The most horrible conglomeration of antique architecture I've ever seen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, for, so for special effects, um, yeah, as, as, as we animated, that they show up in this town that they say looks suspiciously like 1960s Earth. Like, how convenient, right? Um... Uh, although, although there 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 is like a like a a stable that advertised like rental horses. Yeah, I, I wasn't alive in the 1960s, but I, I feel like that had already been phased out by that oh, point. Oh, was but... that a sign in the background? I didn't realize. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. You it, okay? So it was a sign in the background that said like rental horses. Yeah, there's like a livery, and it says. I was you like, know, why horse, are horses you... for rent? I'm like, <laughs> why are we asking? Oh, is Jordan asking about horses? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I'm like, I don't know, a couple, probably two. Just I mean, do. It, 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 it would have been fun to imagine them, uh, 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 to imagine the away team renting horses and and uh, and deliberately putting on their pantyhose beforehand. But 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 no, that was not to be. Okay, so um, <laughs> so someone hands a bones a bike, <laughs> and he looks at you. He's like, it, it, damn it! It was a tricycle. They find they spend a long time just sort of passing around this broken tricycle until they get jumped by a by a uh, a caveman with eczema. Who, but uh, apparently, according according to trekcore.com, it's it's uh it's a teenager, and he says he says this. <laughs> it's broke. Somebody broke it. <laughs> somebody, please fix. Of course, somebody will fix it. Definitely humanoid, in spite of the distortion. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> just like, damn it, Jim. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a tricycle repairman. <laughs> exactly, I'm not doctor, not bike doctor. <laughs> okay, all right. So special effects. Um, you know, the hell of it is. I actually want to give this a nine out of ten because I, really? I appreciate. I really appreciate the um, the makeup work on the the lesions of, of the of the disease and how and, and how the tricycle guy he is uh, you know he, he's uh, extru- very far along in the disease and he looks it you know he's not just a fresh faced teenager who just has some purple splotches on on his hands. Whew. I I mean I gave it a four. I, I will admit that it, it really, I guess it does deserve to lose some points for, you know, the whole, or the whole identical earth thing. But again, it's my first day. Do you, so, do you, you want to, you want to, you want to agree on like a, like a seven? Okay. Well, let's go, let's go with the seven. I'm just going to go ahead and put that as a seven there. And there's, there's also uh, when, when bones uh, cures himself, um, there's, there's a pretty impressive cross dissolve of the lesions leaving his face. And honestly, maybe, maybe I, maybe I just have, uh, my memory has not been kind to the, uh, you know, to the special effects prowess of of uh, the original series, but I was actually kind of impressed by what I saw tonight. Jeez, um, <laughs> I uh, well, wow. Um, so uh, the next category is very very important. 
Um, even though it's very, very important, I haven't found a decent sa- uh, sound effect for it, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play Zap Brad again. Quote: Does the company that made your bra make a girdle as well? So uh, this is be the acting and the story. Um, so I thought the uh, the the story was vaguely interesting, mm-hmm. um, but I I wouldn't go far as to say it was something really grand. I mean, um, of course, uh, um, um, a muck time, no, not a muck time, um, the, the naked time the was naked before time. this, right? That, that was a weird disease breaks out. <laughs> it's uh, another that was, shocker. Yeah, I, I'd say, uh, the, the, say the, the, the disease that makes uh, Sulu strip his shirt off and fence with people is, is inherently more interesting than, <laughs> than a disease that, that, that infects lesions on adults. And Sulu got extra points for that. That was mm-hmm. that was that was fantastic. So so yeah, I I'll admit that uh, that the the plot seems like something of a step down from there. And then of course you have the whole concept of um, that uh, three hundred years ago the scientists found the secret to eternal life, but unfortunately that also uh, you know kills adults off with some sort of weird disease. But the children remain children for centuries, um, and they and the the children's the you know, uh, so this this planet of uh, Lord of the Flies has devolved to the point that there are only 18 kids left, and they're playing games while their species is is slowly dying out. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, and as, as for acting, uh, honestly, the acting was more uh, uh, amusingly bad than it was anything. Um, I I I kind of liked it. Uh, for, for, for you know, you know, it was kind of like you know, it's a little bitter, but 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 uh, you know, I'm enjoying this. You know, you know, you, you had you had um, I, 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 I'll I'll mention Kirk's uh, 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 I'll mention Kirk's uh, uh, contributions a little bit later, but uh, you know, you had the the disposable red shirts who were clearly just not given any direction oh, oh, whatsoever. We we named them. Because because they because they were just there's so many so, throwaway shots were at their expression expressionless expressions be just being like I'm here for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Tony yeah. and Phil. Tony is like staring into into a light directly into a light <laughs> seventy degrees away from where Spock is pointing and he's just he's just just smiling like a loon. He's like I'm I finally made it. The more. Guys. The, 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 <laughs> The more uh, Italian-looking guy I called him Tony, and then the other the taller, uh, thinner gentleman I called Phil. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, you have the uh, the the kids. Uh, like the leader of of the kids is clearly a thirty-five-year-old man who's just like five foot four. He was in something. It's going to bug I, the crap out of me. Where was he? I, I'm going. I'm going to. I, mean, I, 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 I assume by their rules, Tom Cruise would be would be the emperor of the children on this planet, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Let's see, because I'm looking at IMDb right now to, to mm. see the find. Have we even mentioned that that the 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 titular character Miri is the uh, is the little girl who's like the bridge between the the children and the grups, as they call them? I I love the fact that that they they actually have a pretty extensive um, uh, vocabulary of slang to to go with their otherwise we're we're human beings and we speak English on this on this other earth you know thousands of light years away from 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 the solar system so but we have our own dialect at least it's, it's more than most alien races can say there you go <laughs> uh but um okay so in conclusion I'd like to give the uh, the acting uh, uh 2 thirds points uh, 20 out of 30 how about you 
I gave it a 19, so um, because I thought it was a you know vaguely like I said vaguely vaguely interesting. So mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I'll give it a. I guess we'll meet halfway there. I'll give you a point five, and uh, it seems like like I I grade these episodes very very harshly. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's just say that we're still very early on in the in the series. Um, the, the earliest episodes are usually not the uh, usually not the strongest. I mean, so take the first season of Babylon Five, please. But, um, <laughs> oh man! So try, I was trying to f- I'm trying to find I guess uh, Lieutenant Galloway. Uh, looks like uh, David Ross. I'm looking. Looking at the full cast listing here. I I don't know who that is. I don't. I have no idea who that is here. Um, a lot of them are uncredited. Um, sorry if I'm wasting your time here. Okay, um, what? Um, he was okay. He was in. Uh, looks like he was in Rocky too. Oh. Okay. I. Don't remember a single damn thing from Rocky Two except uh, Rocky spent his like his uh, his wife's medical bills on a snazzy jacket. David that's, that's... Lee Ross. Okay. Oh, okay. So I I didn't know who he was at first. Diamond, so yeah, Diamond 19... David Lee Ross. <laughs> Diamond David Lee Ross. So uh, next category will go very very quickly because nothing really happened. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Which is sick bay, and then this is for just. If anyone died, like red shirt. Well, so so we, we didn't mention the two disposable, uh, really poorly directed red shirts. Um, I I'm pretty sure they actually made it to the end of the episode. Tony they, and Phil will live. They kind of disappeared um, without in, uh, without mention about two thirds of the way through the episode, and I I, I somehow imagined that that maybe the the uh, the children like you know beat them to death with their plastic clubs in the scene in which they kidnap uh, Yeoman Rand, be, uh, be, because uh, her uh, her kidnapping happened in completely off screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I I I I mean I, I uh, th- th- that's just purely conjecture. I mean I, I can't imagine that they didn't have the time to film that scene. In a in a in an episode that largely revolved around like circular um, conversations about uh, you know immortal kids and uh, diseases that are caused by both bacteria and viruses simultaneously, it's like they, they had to be able to cut, trim some of that fat somewhere to 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 involve an action scene. But oh well. <laughs> so uh, so no redshirt deaths. Uh, you know some of the uh, el- there there were two elderly lesioned uh, teenager cavemen who who did die on, um, on screen. But hmm. do, do they count or, or not or what? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give him one point. Are we going to give him one Let's point? Let's give him one point. So do, does it deserve a Welshie? Nah. Nah, okay. We're not going to give it a Welshie. But we'll, we'll give it a point, though. So yay for them. So I'll go ahead and give that one point out of ten. Jeez. Um, so next is Captain's Log. Hello. And uh, this is the captain's job, basically Kirk's job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he, uh, you know, more or less did an okay job. He didn't do that great, 
but he did no. he did okay. Well, just I mean, okay. I mean, the, 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 I guess the primary scene for this category is the bit where he uh, he talks down the a literal unruly classroom full of children into uh, giving back their their cell phones that they stole earlier so that they can so they can coordinate uh, the the vaccine to save all of their lives. And uh, he he gets the judo throw a couple children, and then he gets uh, battered around the face rather heavily with uh, table legs and plastic clubs. So that he, so that he, so that he, he, he sports, um, you know, rivers of red acrylic paint over his face. Yes, that that it was definitely red acrylic paint. And um, it, you know, th- uh, thanks to the Blu-ray uh, <laughs> uh, resolution uh, that we watched, uh, that's it's very obvious. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a good, you know, talking a bunch of children down kind of scene, and uh, you know, and if we're getting to the you know the obvious stereotype of uh, what Captain Kirk does. Uh, he his mere presence uh, forces the 16-year-old girl and the and Yeoman Rand to basically fall madly in love with him uh, over the course of this episode. Um, you know, Yeoman Rand has uh, breaks down in hysterics and shows off her sexy gams to him, and <laughs> that are being slowly covered by hideous lesions. Gams. Show It's the sixties. I can say that. <laughs> Wait, uh, oh, uh, wait, look at my legs. There, I found it, I found it, I found it, I found it. Oh, great. I found it. I'm sick. So upset. Wait for it. There. Da-da. Back on the ship, I used to try to get you to look at my legs. (laughs) Look at my legs. Captain. So upset. It's um. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you how you would not notice her legs because, uh, like all female officers, she wears a miniskirt so small that you can actually see her panties. Right. When she's standing up. So, w- w- what is what is what is Kirk's excuse here? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, Kirk. Look look at her legs, man. She wants you to look at her legs. Yeah, it was that that scene and the and the whole Earth thing were the only things I, I, I explicitly remembered when you when you told me that you wanted me to help you review Miri. It's like, oh yeah, Earth and Legs, the Earth and Legs episode, right? <laughs> oh man, well, we uh, let's continue on with the uh, with the categories here. Uh, so for Captain, I give him seven. Yeah, seven. All right. So uh, I gave him a six, so he gets a six point five. Good for Captain. Our next episode, our next, uh, <laughs> I almost about to say episode. Um, our next one is uh, Battle Stations. I usually have an alarm, but I couldn't find anything. So, um, um, I, I'll, I'll do it then. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Cool. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no. We, we, we can, uh, we can do a. There we go. Get, get some quick. That uh, didn't sound like an alarm to me, but whatever. Uh, it was it was some beep from TOS. Uh, there wasn't a lot of action to speak of in this one. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, Kirk does get to punch a uh, an eczema caveman in the face a couple times, and he judo throws some children. Um, oh, and some off-screen children hurl styrofoam rocks at uh, at Spock and the un- and the uh, unthinking, uh, um, the poorly directed disposable red shirts. I give it a four. 
<laughs> I gave it a two, so okay, we're 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 giving it. A th- we're going with a three. Mm. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, this this is this episode is getting a beating. <laughs> Um, so next one is transporter room, and then the basically is uh, did they go anywhere? Oh, it's inside out. I heard that. It turned inside out, and it exploded. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd forgotten just how many Galaxy Quest references you make on the show. Well, because it's it's so easy. It's so um, easy. <laughs> okay, so I, uh, clearly the the the, the travel um, category is where I put most of my uh, demerits that I probably should have given the special effects because they go to Earth. They bum around a 1960s Earth set. Yeah, I give it a one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're even well worse worse than I was. I get, I gave it a three. So uh, let's go with a, with a grand old two there. Wow. So uh, aliens uh, this this time. So uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, Zap, can you help me Just out? Just let me work for a little food. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well. You know, again, they're just they're just humans. You know, they're they're practically they're virtually Earthlings. Um, I mean, I, I I like to give them some points for at least coming up with, like I said, their own slang, and uh, and and a a fairly unique uh, you know Lord of the Flies esque society. So, out of a score of twenty, I give it a five. All right, all right, give it a five. I gave it a. 10 so we're going seven because just because wow the score actually actually end up lower than what i originally had it um 46 out of 100 total mm-hmm. that's actually that's what mine came up to so. 46 out of 100 mm-hmm. wow so so the f f a pretty pretty bad f if i if i, if I say so myself i mean that's pretty pretty terrible um I don't know, man. I mean, you, you, I, I feel like your your criteria are, you know, they're, they're pretty harsh. I mean, you, you, you want to you see a lot of people die and a lot of action and a lot of special effects. And I, I just don't think that, that, especially early on, they had the budget to have all of that at once. But, right. Uh, Eventually. I mean, I, I'd, like to, I'd, like, I'd like to uh, to come back uh, when we get to the, you know, what are considered to be the the, uh, the ironclad classic episodes like, the, you know, City on the Edge of Forever or the Tribble, the Tribble Tribbles. I wonder uh, how, how close to an A those would actually get because no one dies in the Tribble episode. True. Um, there, I mean, there, maybe, is, there, maybe, isn't, maybe, there isn't a lot of action in the Tribble maybe, episode like, except for that one uh, bar fight. Maybe I should start throwing, like, bonus points to my to to episodes for enjoyment like an enjoyment factor bonus mm-hmm. like uh you know uh well if we were to do that to miri um Mi- miri just strikes me as being a pretty average episode all, all, all told um i mean i at most i would think 20 20 extra points that would only get it a d but i mean but it's a it's an average episode. You know, so. it's 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 possible that my my opinion might might improve uh, if I were ever, if I were to ever see the sequel to this episode. You know, that the movie in which uh, Miri and her uh, her roommate Zach make a porno. I did see that IMDb when I was typing in Miri. Okay, I, so so yeah. <laughs> well, well, folks, what do you suppose? What was the over under on the chance the chances that I would reference the uh, the Kevin Smith movie before you did? Um, <laughs> I was about to mention it, but I decided okay. against it. I mean, it, it occurs to me that, that you might have not wanted to do so because you actually have a roommate named Zach. True. 
you're, True. you're a little close to the edge there. A, li- <laughs> a little too close to the edge there. Um, Jordan, where we may find you on the World Wide Web. Oh well, um, I uh, I'm, I'm all over CastwaveStudios.com, uh, like uh, like uh, like Lesions on a Grup. Um, I have uh, I, I host two other episodes. Um, I host two other shows, uh, the BGN Comic Shop, as well as a Story Mode, the podcast about stories and video games and stories about video games. Um, and uh, I'm I'm hard at work uh, at, uh, at at resurrecting my long dormant uh, video review show, Geek Critique. Hmm. Uh, you can find a link to that on castwavestudios.com as well. Uh, I've also begun uh, begun video, uh, video game streaming, just like everyone else has here. So. Ooh. Uh, when when do you do that? Um, I should add you on the schedule. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I I can't insist that you add me to the schedule just yet because my uh, my my schedule is a bit fluid right now. But um, yeah, I'd certainly like to, to start doing that weekly. Hmm. Um, if uh, I, I I tend to be on Wednesdays or Thursday nights, um, I'm sure Colin will probably uh, send uh, send messages to all your Twitter accounts when I'm on. So. So uh, we'll absolutely, yeah. that. that'll be uh, on the Castwave Studios uh, Twitter page, so you can follow uh, Castwave Studios. Um, also, you can go to Amazon, uh, uh, so you go there through our page, castwavestudios.com slash Amazon, where you can uh, shop away like you normally would. It helps, uh, it costs nothing to you, and it helps us, uh, you know, continue to do what we do here for or hobby free of charge, but it does does help uh, clean out some of the expenses. Because every once in a while, there's a bad cable. Um, and the dead references aside. Um, so, uh, for Jordan, um, your title? I'm Yeoman's Assistant Third Class. Yeoman's Assistant Third Class, Jordan Hazelwood. And uh, I'm your Captain Sean Holmes. And you have been listening to the Prime Directive. Live long. And podcast.